needs according to your riches and glory. So I pray, Lord, that you would minister unto us, Father, our physical needs, our material needs, our spiritual needs, O oh God. We look to you right now, Lord, and we ask you, God, to open that door for your people, God. Continue to pour out your grace upon us, O oh Lord, and give us, O oh Lord, the strength that we need, O oh God. Lord, and Father, the healing for our bodies, Lord. I pray that you administer, Lord, especially for Johanna Spence this morning. Lord, that your hand will be upon her, Father, as she's having surgery. Lord, that you, O oh God, would bless her, Lord. Let this, amen, bless her, Father. Let her come through, Lord. Amen, that she may recover, Lord, and be in good health. We pray for Brother Chuck, Lord, and Sister Linda as they're recovering, Father. Amen, from their surgeries, Lord. We pray that your hand will be upon them, that you would go before them, Lord, that you would continue, Lord, to bless them, give them physical strength, Lord. Amen, Father. For your people, Lord. Amen, God. Here, Lord, we pray, God, that you would bless, O oh Lord, your people. Amen. Go before them, Lord. Make a way for them, O oh God. And Lord, bless us as we're gathered here today, Lord. Amen, Lord. To lift you up, Lord. To praise you. To magnify you. To worship you, O oh Lord, in spirit and truth. Bind us together that we can be one body, Lord. That we can be in one mind together. In one spirit. In one place, God. In one accord, Lord. Bless us, O God, that we can, amen, Lord, receive, O Lord, from you, O God, amen, Lord, the spiritual strength, Lord, and the well-being, O God, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, let it be done, Father, and we carefully give you all the praise and the glory and honor, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. Amen. You may be dismissed to your classrooms this morning. And we'll resume with our study with the priest's garments. Amen. And we are moving right along here. Our next our next uh, article of clothing for the priest's garments. Uh, we finished last week with uh, the coat. Amen. And what that represented, me. and hopefully everybody, everybody <coughs> was enlightened somehow to understand, of course we got a picture right here of the priestly garments and, and last Sunday we we talked about this, the coat, the garment that's uh, underneath this, the robe of the ephod and uh, of course we all know that pertains to salvation and salvation to cover the entire man the Greek word sozo for salvation, in other words, to be saved, to save the entire man, his, his body or his spirit, his soul, his body, his mind, his emotions. So that's what the, the white uh, coat uh, symbolizes, is, is salvation for the entire man. Beautiful. Beautiful. So if you want to turn back with me in your Bibles to the book of uh, Exodus, we'll go back there. And... Amen. You notice how 
what we spoke of last week about the garments being uh, placed or put on in, in uh, a certain order according to uh, Exodus 29 and we followed that that order that uh, was given to Moses and in 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 the priest putting on the garments of course we know that they're all if you look and get a look at the picture uh, all the garments are put on the coat the robe of the ephod and the ephod and the girdle the breastplate and then of course the the headdress the mitre or the the scripture says that it says mitre but the scripture says uh, the, the word uh, the Hebrew word for it is the word turban so uh, you see that then with the crown but you notice that they're placed on in a certain order the coat and then next after the coat's going to be the the robe of the ephod but you notice that they're all placed or put on in, and, and basically put on in layers and so that's the order that you put them on. And uh, just to just to kind of go back and just revisit a little bit before we get started reading here. The priest, when he donned, the high priest, when he donned these garments, the entire garments that we see in this picture right here, the only day that the priest wore all these garments, the only time he put all these garments on, can anybody remember when that was? He, pressed, he, he put all these garments on just that one day, but every time, any other time when he ministered inside the holy place, uh, he, always, he only wore the coat. Okay? But only one day out of the year, he, he put on all the rest of the garments. He put on the robe of the ephod, the ephod, the breastplate, the, the headdress, the turban. Only one day out of the year, he, he placed all these garments on. Cause then, can anybody remember what day that was? Day of Atonement. Okay. And when you follow the order of, of you know, when he followed the order of, of the service that day, the, the ceremonial order of the service, here's the thing. He, he, by following the order of service and the sacrifices that he offered up on behalf of the people of Israel, the, the, he went in, he offered the sacrifices, he made the atonement, with the blood he went in that day he put on the garments and he removed the garments five times that particular day five times that's something isn't it but when you when you study the the, the order and the sacrifices that he had to offer five times and so there's a there's a there's a reason why he did it five times and of course uh representation representation uh, of the ministry and uh, of course in in the New Testament you have the ministry of the apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers those ministries so basically a type of the five types of ministries are the you know the, the five times that he's taking the putting the, the garments on and taking them off so even you know, that is to me that's really interesting when you when you uh, when you come to to know basically what happens during the time that he's in the uh, in the tabernacle during the day of atonement, so uh, 
Exodus chapter 28, if I didn't give you a, a, a chapter, but Exodus chapter 28, and we'll be starting with verse number 31. I'll give you a, a, a little time to get there. Exodus 30, 28, 31. And it says this, uh, Thou shalt make the robe of the ephod all of blue. The robe of the ephod, all of blue. And there shall be an hole in the top of it, it, in the midst thereof it shall have a binding of woven work round about the hole of it, as it were the hole of a habergeon, that it be not rent. And beneath upon the hem of it thou shalt make pomegranates of blue, and of purple and of scarlet round about the hem thereof and bells of gold between them round about and so that's what he's speaking about is right here golden bell of pomegranate a golden bell of pomegranate golden bell of pomegranate just like that just kind of following that order on the hem of the garment golden bell and a pomegranate so you see that uh, and a golden bell and a pomegranate, verse number 34, a golden bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of the robe round about. And that shall be upon Aaron to minister and his sound, look what he says, and his sound shall be heard when he goeth in unto the holy place before the Lord. And when he cometh out that he die not. So here we see little instruction, if you go there to the last, or toward the end of the book of Exodus in chapter 39. Chapter 39. Here's some more uh, scripture pertaining to what we're talking about. And uh, verse number 22, And he made the robe of the ephod of woven work. All of blue. And there was in an hole, there was, and there was an hole in the midst of the robe as the hole of a habergeon with a band round about the hole that it should not rent. And they made upon the hems of the robe pomegranates of blue and of purple and of scarlet and twined linen. And they made the made bells of pure gold and put the bells between the pomegranates upon the hem of the robe, round about between the pomegranates, and a bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate round about the hem of the robe to minister in as the Lord commanded Moses. So here we see some instructions, some insight that pertains to the garment, the ephod and one of the first things that you'll notice about the ephod or the robe of the ephod remember this is this is the ephod right here, this, this part with the breastplate on it, the girdle, the curious girdle this is the robe of the ephod so after the coat, the robe of the ephod 
is put on and and you think about it and and of course we just got we just finished reading uh they described how it was made you know when one opening on top of it and then uh how it was basically they had to uh fix the collar of it so that uh, there would be no loose threads or loose ends it was it was tailored in such a way that you could not it could not uh uh tear or anything like that so basically it did it it, it, it you know maintained its, its strength around the collar of, of the of the ephah but on, on the uh, on the robe but on the bottom it, it, here we see the golden bells the pomegranates the golden bells and the pomegranates let, let me uh let me go back just a little bit and and uh, i want you to notice this uh this is something of, of importance it's pretty to me it's just significant but you go back into deuteronomy uh excuse me exodus 28 and 33 when it's given the instructions and beneath upon the hem of it thou shalt make look what it says pomegranates of blue and of purple and of scarlet round about the hem thereof and bowels of gold between them round about so here's the thing when it gives the instruction it gives the instruction first of all he gives the instruction for the pomegranates i'm, I'm, I'm reading out of exodus 28 33. he gives the instruction of the pomegranates so that's the first thing that he mentions is the pomegranates and then then he mentions the golden bows and and you got to remember the lord the, the bible says the apostle paul when he was speaking in first corinthians uh in first corinthians 12 and 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 13 and 14 he all he mentioned this several times in those chapters that god is basically i'll just paraphrase it that god is a god of order and he talked about the due due order and 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 so when we talk about spiritual things when we talk about how things are applied to us spiritually there's a order that we follow now for example the coat is put on before the robe of the ephod so there's an order there's an order that we follow and then we see it again when he's speaking about the pomegranates and the bowels he doesn't talk about the golden bowels until after he mentions the pomegranate there's a reason why but he addresses the pomegranates and then he addresses the golden bowels everything has a order everything has an order so i want you to pay attention to that i want you to just kind of make a make a note of it if you want to and and uh, everything has an order so, remember when, when we started this i said this salvation there has a process mm -hmm. salvation is a process we have you know what paul was referring to uh in, in the book of hebrews or the writer of hebrews said that the first principles of of the oracles of god the first principle so there are certain articles that you know as far as the word of god is concerned uh instruction that we follow we have to follow the first principle so in other words things are done in an orderly fashion so so to start out we've got to start out you know we have a beginning at a certain place and we move on from that so there's a certain order there's a certain pattern we follow so when we look at it in, in as far as in relationship to the priest's garments salvation has to take place that the 
our sin has to be dealt with. And so in order for us to, for that to happen, you know, repentance, water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins, for the removal of those sins, okay? So that has to take place. That's what the coat is. The coat covers our sins, okay? Then the next layer is the garment. So we see that order, the garment, the, the robe of the ephod. Now you notice that. Sin's been taken care of, so guess what? It's represented by the by the white linen, the white linen of the of the of the coat, the the fine twine linen. Our sins been taken care of, so we've been washed, we've been cleansed. That's a representation of the white coat. Now here comes the blue, the the robe of the ephod, which is blue. Now why why would the robe be made out of blue? Why would blue be the color of the robe of the ephod? Blue is royal, but there's a royal blue. Blue represents the heavens. Blue, blue represents the heavenly realm. And, uh, or as, as they say, blue represents heavenly origins. Origins. So, so we understand. Now here's the thing. Application. The, the, the robe of the ephod comes after the, the coat, the, the white, the fine twine linen, the coat. The, the blue robe comes after the coat. So here's, here's the thing. And, 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 and what does that mean? It, it represents the heavenlies. Or in, in essence, it represents heaven. So, so what happens to us when we repent? When we are washed. When our when we are when our sins are washed away, when we obey the word of God and our sins are washed away, what happens to us? Of course, we're cleansed, we're clean, we've been made white. And so the next process is what? Being born from above. So the ephod comes, the robe of the ephod comes after the coat. So so in essence. It represents heaven. So, so when you think about it, uh, uh, you think about it, uh, uh, you, you know, just to understand, um, just to understand, uh, John, in the book of John, chapter 3, verse number 3, we're, we're all familiar with this passage of scripture. We use that when we talk about being born again. And this is this is what Jesus said. Now look what Jesus said. This is a this gives us some understanding there. He says, Verily, verily, truthfully, truthfully, I say unto thee, John chapter 3, verse number 3, except a man be born again. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So, so we always use that, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You know, that's something we always use when, use when we witness, when we talk to people about the born again experience. But if we really pay close attention to what the, the original Greek and the way it's written, because in the King James Version it says born again. But the Greek says this, the Greek says born from above. So in other words... 
this represents if this represents the heavenly when we're born again of, of water and of the spirit we're born from above we're brought forth from above that's what that blue robe of that that, that garment represents the, the the robe of the ephod that represents our born again experience we're being born from above okay and and and, and look at this uh uh we read and and go with me to the book of First uh, Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter uh, fifteen. Go with me there, <clears throat> and and we see here in First Corinthians fifteen, and, and uh, I'll let you get there. First Corinthians fifteen. We 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 get little little pictures of of the the process what I was talking about the process of salvation, and 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 uh, we'll we'll start with uh, right around verse number forty in First Corinthians fifteen if you have it, right around verse number forty, and I, I want you to see what uh, the apostle Paul is saying here. He's making he's making a comparison. He's telling us he's given given us some revelation about you know uh, the spiritual things and the spiritual bodies, but in verse. Number 40, look what he says. There are also celestial bodies. He's talking about the heavenlies. The heavenly bodies. And bodies terrestrial. In other words, the earthly things. Celestial, heavenlies, terrestrial, earthly. Okay? But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and one glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. So he's talking about this. There's a difference between, you know, the glory of these, uh, the, you know, the heavenlies and the earthly and the stars and all this. And he, in verse number 42, he said, so look, look what he says. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. So he's talking about the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Now, now, now pay attention to this. Obviously, he's talking about the resurrection of the dead. There's going to come a day when you and I, all of us that are prayed through full of the Holy Ghost, when that day comes, if we don't, if we don't die before the Lord comes, we're going to meet Him in the air when He comes. So this corruption must put on incorruption. This this physical body is going to put on a, in a sense, a spiritual body, a glorified body. Right now we're still flesh, but we're going to put on a glorified body. So that's what He's talking about, and and uh, so He's talking about the resurrection of the. Uh, uh, there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body verse number 44 and so it is written the first man Adam was made a living soul he was a living soul he was a carnal person he was, he was a fleshly person that's what he means the last, Adam, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit a life giving spirit he's talking about Jesus Jesus is the last Adam okay so look what he says Howbeit that was not first, which is spiritual. In other words, the spiritual man was not first. But that which is natural. The natural man was first. And afterward, that which is spiritual. So in other words, 
That was the order of things. The, be, before salvation, before regeneration, we were natural. We were carnal. We were carnal creatures. But after salvation, after regeneration, we have become spiritual. Okay? Does everybody understand that? So he says, the first man is of the earth, earth, earthy. Verse number 47. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Does everybody see that? Amen. And as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. So in other words, if we have taken on the form or the image of our earthy nature, which, hey, we're all flesh, aren't we? Then he says, if we have taken that form on, we are also going to take on the form of the heavenly. That's what he means. Such are they also that are heavenly. So look what he says. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So look, think about this now. Now I know he's talking about the resurrection, but if you notice now, he, he's what he's bringing out is he's bringing out understanding as far as what we put on when we become born again. Because in the text there, in verse number forty-nine, when he talks about born, being born, as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So what are you saying this? When we have borne the image of the earthly, of course we're all flesh, he said you're also going to bear the image of the earthly. You know what he's saying this? Now what he's saying is this. When we bear the image of the earthly, this is what he's saying. And this is, this is if you look it up in the Greek, you're going to find this is what it means. In the Greek it says this. We are going to bear the image of the earthly. You know what we're going to do? If we bear the image of the earthly, we're going to put on the heavenly like we put on a garment. So, so this is what it says. When we do that, we're going to wear it as clothing. That was, that was a type. So, we're going to, so when we put on the Holy Ghost, when we receive the Holy Ghost, we're going to put it on. That's what he's saying. We're going to put it on. So when we receive the Holy Ghost, remember, ye shall be endued with power from on high. You're going to be clothed. So we put on the spiritual that's represented in that robe of the ephod. That's the link. Now listen to this. Everybody ready for this? This is the link between what we've experienced here and the link between what this represents right here. Mm -hmm. And you cannot have this unless you put this on. Amen. You cannot have the ephod unless you have the robe of the ephod. So what opens that up to us? The born-again experience, being filled with the Holy Ghost. We put that robe on. Does everybody understand that? Uh, you know, when we... When we you know, obviously, like I said, this is beautiful. There's so much, there's so much about this. That it, it, this is so beautiful. Uh, we, we get 
in the Word of God, we just, uh, go with me to Romans chapter thir- 13. And uh, look, what, look what Paul says in Romans chapter 13, in verse number 14. Look what he says. He says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make no make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So here we see obviously the language, obviously the terminology is is letting us know, it's directing us to understand that. If we and like he said, if we have put on the if we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So in other words, we're going to, because of our born-again experience, we're going to put on the image of the heavenly. We're going to wear it as clothing. We're going to wear it as clothing. That's a, uh, to me, that's a really good connection to what, you know, obviously the Lord is, you know, you you, you gotta you gotta remember that all the writers of the New Testament, they're all Jews, so they're thinking like a Jew. Obviously, they're thinking because of their relationship with with the Lord, with God. They're they're coming from their experience and their history uh, as far as being God's people. But their their connection is the Word of God. Their connection is the Old Testament, the Torah. So they're speaking. Their words, they're speaking in terminology. They're speaking in what they understand. So obviously, what they're speaking is because of the understanding they have. They're, everything that they're speaking of relates to what they know as God's people and the priesthood. And that's why they say, and, and, and can you imagine what it was like for all of them, all the apostles and, and Paul, uh, Paul who has more... Uh, uh, epistles in the New Testament to anybody, but can you imagine the revelation they received because of that? How the Holy Ghost quickened them and it goes, boom! Wow! Just like we bear the image of the earthly, we're going to bear the image of the heavenly. They've seen that. They've seen that. They understood it. Uh, Go with me to uh, Isaiah chapter 61. So so let's pay attention to this garment now. Let's pay attention to it. I'm going to draw your attention to it. Uh, I want to draw your attention to the garment because on this garment, remember this garment, the only really significant thing about this garment is this. It's all, there's nothing on this garment. It's all, there's nothing on it as far as the, the rest of it up here on the shoulders. But the only, the only thing significant about this garment is down here on the hem. It has, it has the, the, the pomegranates and the golden belt. That's the only, only thing significant to this garment. Okay, so so remember that this this is this is going to help us to to be able to understand the work of the Holy Ghost in us when we spiritually put on this garment, the working of the Holy Ghost in us. That's the only thing significant about this garment. So basically, what it is, like I said, you can't put the ephod on unless you have the robe of the ephod on first. Okay, so our spiritual. Our spiritual well-being, we, we have to be, obviously that's a type of the Holy Ghost. We have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We have to put on the Holy Ghost. But look what he says, uh, uh, Isaiah 61, 10, if you want to go there with me, and if you have it, say amen. amen. 
He says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. So look what he says. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. So remember, I said, it's a process. Yeah. Garments, more than one. It's a process. We put them on. All one by one, a specific order. We know that. Exodus 29, a specific order. So he says, he has clothed me with the garments, with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me. Now look what he says. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. Woo! That's the robe of righteousness. You, you know what? Our righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. Amen. But when we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what we put on? We put on His righteousness. Amen. We put on His righteousness because of the work of the Holy Ghost in us, the, what the Holy Ghost does within us. Now, let me tell you something. I, like I said, I'm, I'm nobody's judge. But there's certain things that you can tell about a person if they truly are walking in the Spirit. By their fruit ye shall know them. So you can tell when somebody is really allowing the Holy Ghost to permeate their, their entire being so that the works of God will be manifest so that they'll see His righteousness and not ours. You get what I'm saying? You get what I'm so, so you see that. You see that. So look what he says. Look, look at what he says now, because pay attention. Uh, he says this. He's clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments. Pay attention to that. And the bride adorneth herself with her jewels. Now, now pay attention to that, because here we're seeing the process. Here we're seeing the process. All of this right here. You know, this is this is just. The, the garment that allows us to be able to put this garment on. But this all symbolizes something. This all goes into a, 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 a deeper relationship with God. A deeper relationship to where the working of the Holy Ghost is going to, you know, and I, I want to step ahead of myself, but the working of the Holy Ghost, we're going to get to the point where oh, what, what this represents right here, the ephod, what it represents, but going, taking us deeper into the things of God. Deeper into that life with Him. And, and we're going to see that. But if we don't have the robe of righteousness, guess what? Amen. Can't do it. Yeah. Alright, let's go on. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse number 11. Look what, look what he said. So remember, we're talking about the, the robe of righteousness Remember what we're talking about. What, what's the significant thing about this garment? The pomegranates. You notice he, he named that first. The pomegranates. Then he named the golden bouch. But he addressed the pomegranates first. So here we see this. On the hem of his garment, the pomegranates. And the golden bouch. The pomegranates. Pomegranates are what? Fruit. Pomegranates are fruit. So he, and look what Paul says. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse number 11, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. 
being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. So that's what the Holy Ghost is, is going to do to us. It's going to fill us with the fruits of righteousness. When we walk in the Spirit, His righteousness is going to be fulfilled in us. Amen. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness. And you, can, you kind of get an idea there. Uh, you go to Galatians chapter uh, 5. Galatians chapter 5. And, and you see there he talks about the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22. And you go there and you see there, and it says, but the fruit of the Spirit. Did you realize this? The fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of righteousness. <laughs> How do you know that? Well, let's pay attention. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So when you walk, when you walk in the in the spirit, and you and you and the the fruit of the spirit is manifested in you. When you walk in the spirit, we're going to see the fruit of the spirit. He said, "Against there is such a, against such there is no law." So, in other words, what he's saying in essence here, when we walk in the spirit and we and the fruit of the spirit are manifest in our lives, the law cannot judge us. Right? You know why? Because it's His righteousness. Amen. So you notice this. You notice this. How many fruit of the spirit are there? Nine. How many gifts of the Spirit are there? Nine. Nine. So here's the thing. It's it's it's, and of course, some some Jewish rabbis say this. You can't see it on here. It all depends on, you know, the the accuracy of their their description or whatever, but. Uh, they say this, and, and, and some some Jewish rabbis say this: the garment, the fruit of the garments, uh, I mean the, the the pomegranates and the golden bowls that were sewn to the hem of the garment. They said some some Jewish rabbis say there was nine pomegranates and nine golden bowls. But you can't really see that. There's obviously the way that's portrayed is more in the night. But you see that. But that's what they say. That's what some rabbis say. So if the rabbis knew that, then they obviously they knew that. But you see that where, where he talks about the fruit. The fruit. So that's what that robe represents. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 9. Look what he says. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. 
proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. That's, that's a beautiful passage of scripture, isn't it? The fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. You notice after he's saying that, does anybody see that in verse number 9? Everybody see that? Yeah. You see at the end of it, you see he's winking at you. That's what that's what I say. The work of the Holy Ghost. When we talk about what real Pentecost is, real Pentecostalism, you're going to bear. Now, now, we're just touching the surface of these things, but you're going to bear the the fruit of the Spirit is like he said. You're you're going to it's going to be in all goodness and righteousness and truth that's that's the fruit of the spirit so it's going to lead you in those areas and 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 everything connected with the holy ghost you always got to remember this the holy ghost is portrayed in the scripture it's portrayed several times as a heavenly virtue so if it's a heavenly virtue then because of the work of the holy ghost in us if we if we walk with God like we should be walking with God, if we have a relationship like we have, if we talk to God, if we pray these things, and that's the work of the Holy Ghost that's going to be in us. It's going to lead us to that point where these are going to be manifest. That word manifest is it's going to be made evident. It's something that you're going to see in that individual because they're walking with God. So that's what the, that's what the pomegranates mean. That's what the... The, the color of the pomegranates. Now, here's something interesting. Now, the color of the pomegranates. If we want to just get down, right down to it, I guess let's just let's just get some understanding. The pomegranates. The pomegranates picture or symbolize. Listen to this. The riches of God. Now, you think about that. The riches of God. Why do you? Why, why do we? Why do we say that? Why is it? Why is it explained in that in that in that manner? The riches of God. You know why? Because in Him is all wisdom and knowledge. So when we when the Spirit leads us, what do He say? He'll lead and guide us into all truth. So because of that, we're going to be. He's going to impart to us all wisdom and knowledge, and that's what Paul said in in the Book of Colossians when he talks about the riches. Of and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, so so that's what the fruit of the Spirit does. It it lead us to that point where we're man. I tell you what, it represents His riches, as far as you know the heavenly, the heavenly things are concerned. Our our spiritual inheritance. Okay, so uh, it, it represents that. It represents fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. We're gonna bear fruit. When we talked about it, what he just, what we just got been reading about, the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. We're going to bear fruit in all these. We're going to bear fruit in goodness. We're going to bear fruit in righteousness. We're going to bear fruit in truth. So we could just go on and go on and go on. 
We can go on as, as, as long as we let the, the Holy Ghost work in us. We're going to go on. We're, we're going to go on and go on. We're going to develop. We're going to grow. This is what you're going to see. You're going to see a manifestation of that work in us. The Spirit, okay? So, you look at it and there's three colors that the pomegranates are, that they made the pomegranates. They made three colors. The, 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 the colors of the pomegranates were, were this. They were blue pomegranates, pomegranates representing the heavenly. There were purple representing, Sister Dina said, you know, blue, well, there's a royal blue, but there's purples associated with royalty. Okay, here's, here's the thing, scarlet. Scarlet represents sacrifice. Yeah. So in other words, that's what's, that's what's going to be instilled in us. The Holy Ghost, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your regional spirit. So that fruit is going to be manifested. We all know that, don't we? We all know that, you know, we, we live such a life where we're going to, amen, we're going to uh, uh, pursue. That's the word I'm looking for. Pursue. Now, now here's the thing. Now, then you can go, we're, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Then you can go into the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13 and 14. We talk about the gifts of the Spirit that are represented in, in those chapters. And, and let me tell you something. Let me just, just, just let me give it to you. Just We're, we're studying the Bible, so we, that's what we're doing. So just sit there and learn. But, uh, but um, when he talks about the... the, the Gifts of the Spirit. Hey, remember what I said. Those are the only things of significance on this garment, on this robe of righteousness. The only thing that those are the only things that are on there: the fruit of the Spirit and the golden bowels. So the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Woo! And you notice that. You notice they're not. They're not here. You notice these are not here. But they're on here. So in other words, our growth and development, walking in the Spirit, that's before you really get to the deeper things of God. So some of you that think that, oh man, I've got to acquire all kinds of spiritual insight and knowledge and live that way to be able to. No, 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 no. As long as you walk in the Spirit, as long as you put the Spirit on, as long as you put Jesus Christ on, guess what? Those things are going to be manifest. Because they come, they come with the garment. Wow. Think about that. Why do people, when we talk about born again experience, I, I get, it just bothers me. This bothers me. And, and when they talk about receiving the Holy Ghost, you know what they're always concerned about? Tongues. Yeah. Why are you concerned about tongues? The only way to get, get focused on receiving the Holy Ghost. Yeah. That's what you need. Get your mind on the Holy Ghost. Because if you get your mind on the Holy Ghost, you receive the Holy Ghost, you're going to find out the tongues are going to come with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Not the Holy Ghost coming with the tongues. Yeah. Right, right. Amen. Get it backwards. Amen. As one, one, one uh, person said this, you don't buy the shoe for the tongue. 
<laughs> you buy the shoe so it'll fit. Yeah. Put it on. Yeah. The tongue comes with the shoe. We got it wrong. We got it backwards. We always emphasize tongues. No, let's emphasize the Holy Ghost. Let's emphasize putting the garment on. Because when you put the garment on, then all these are going to come with it. This is what's on the garment. Comes with the garment. Put your garment on. So, so here we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and, and you see there, verse number 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone to profit with all. Okay? Uh, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, one. To another the word of knowledge, two. By the same Spirit. To another faith, the gift of faith, that's three. And to another the gifts of miracle, the gifts of healing, that's four. To another the working of miracle, that's five. To another prophecy, that's six. To another discerning the spirits, that's seven. To another, diverse kinds of tongues, that's eight. And to another, the interpretation of tongues, that's nine. So remember, remember he said that when Aaron is going in, he's going to minister. When he ministers, while he's ministering in the Holy of Holies, they're going to know he's ministering because they could hear the sound. How do they know? You can hear those bells jingling. So they know he's ministering. He's alive. He's alive because they can hear those bells. Think about that. Now here, here's when, when Brother Hancock was writing his, his, his study on the gifts of the Spirit and uh, he was telling me, he said, he said, Brother Harold, go to my website, get on there. And he said, and tell me where to go. He said, if you have anything you want to add to any, any, any of the anything on the gifts of the Spirit, he said, be free to do so. He said, we, I, I call up all my my fellow uh, ministers, my brothers, and if they have anything they could add to my study, he said, just go ahead and, and, and put your remarks down there. He said, we'll revise it. And, and of course, I we, we sat under one of his teachings, Brother Garrison and Brother Hancock, on the gifts of the Spirit, so I pretty much knew, uh, not just the intellectual, but you know how he talked about how God used uh, use, uses people in the gifts of the Spirit. So, obviously, I didn't have anything to add, but I read what he had there. And, and so I asked him a question. I said, Brother Hancock, why is it? Why is it that people, the church, he said, he said the church needs to, the, the gifts of the Spirit are in the church. It's what has come with the church. It's what has come with the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. They're in the church. He said, but so the church needs to needs to have the gifts of the Spirit in operation. He said they need to operate in the church for the edification of the body. If we don't have the gifts of the Spirit, the body's not going to be edified. He said they're needful. So I said, why is it that? I said, people say they believe in the gifts. Why is it they the, the gifts of the Spirit are in operation? He said, well, for several reasons. They're not in operation. People may claim to believe in the gifts, but they may not really just totally believe, you know, believe that God can use them in the gifts. How many of you have ever battled with that in your mind? Yeah. Will God use me? He says severally, he'll distribute the gifts severally as he wills. If you pray, what do he say? 
covet earnestly the best gifts? If you pray for the gifts of the Spirit, you can pray for them. But guess what? You're not doing it to lift up yourself. You're doing it for the edification of the body. So here's the thing. He said, the, old, the other reason why that the gifts of the Spirit aren't in operation, he says, is this. Remember, Brother Harold, that the fruit of the Spirit, the pomegranates and the golden boughs were attached together on the hem of the garment. They, if you read it, he said, they were woven together on the hem of the garment. They were attached, woven together. He said, the reason why the, the gifts of the Spirit aren't in operation, because people haven't uh, matured in the fruit of the Spirit. Woo. So when we can, because they're together. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I hope that helps everybody. Okay. So so here's the thing. We talk, oh man. We talk about when we talk about the the the, the robe of the ephod. Now we, we understand that the robe of righteousness, his righteousness, not our righteousness, his righteousness. So so the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Here's, here's another one you could add to that. James chapter three, verse number eighteen. <clears throat> if you want to go there. Uh James 3.18 and this is what it says it says this let's back up a little bit Verse number 12. Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? No. Either vine figs? No. So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh? <laughs> Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good uh, let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Good conversation. That doesn't mean talking about it. That means your conduct, your behavior. Let him show out of a good behavior. Actions speak louder than words. Let him show out of a good behavior, good conversation, his his works with meekness of wisdom. Meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. Envy and strife. That's, just, that's, that's always connected to carnality or the carnal mind or carnal nature. Envy and strife. Why is it? That's just the way the flesh is. Confrontational. That's just the way the flesh is. So you know if you're if you're still in that sphere, that dimension where there's envy and strife, hey, that you're not spiritual. Huh? Okay, so he's he's talking about that. So he says this the wisdom, uh, this wisdom 
descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Woo! Now, here, here's the thing. When he's talking about confusion, here's the thing. We don't realize what we do when we do not walk in the Spirit. If we're the kind of person where we're unstable, a double-minded man, as James said, a double-minded man, you go back and forth in, in your mind, in your, your mentality, you're back and forth. You're not thinking like you should think. Or you always revert back to your carnal nature. You're not thinking like a spiritual man. So a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The reason why he talks about confusion is when we're back and forth and, and, and we say that, hey, I'm a child of God, but yet everything about you doesn't project that you're a child of God. Everything about you, your behavior, your conduct, your words, things that you do, you're not, you're, you're not projecting righteousness. You're not projecting uh, holiness. You're not projecting truth. So what happens? The reason why he said confusion is because when you go back and forth and people see your witness, you know what? You bring confusion because they're trying to figure you out. I thought I seen them praying in, in, in the Holy Ghost in church Sunday. Why are they doing that? Confusion and every evil work. Did you realize that? That's evil. And we don't even realize it. So that, that takes place. Well, I, I didn't mean to spend too much time on that. But look what he says, verse number 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. When God speaks to us, we're going to know. Is first pure, then peaceable, gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness, look what he says, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Ooh. Mark the perfect man and the upright for his end is peace. So if you're full of the Holy Ghost, Guess what? You know what's going to follow you around? Peace. And people that are confrontational. Ah. Yeah. Uh, it's easy to try to go there, isn't it? Yeah. Flesh tries to rise up. Yeah. Hey. Brush, we brush it up against it every day because we're, we're flesh. Yeah. Okay? Last but not least. Oh, man. Tell you what. Exodus 28, 30, 35, and, and, and this, is, this is the scripture. It says, And it shall be upon Aaron to minister, and his sound shall be heard when he goeth in unto the holy place before the Lord, and when he cometh out, that he die not. So, so he's saying that how they knew Aaron was still in their ministry, especially on the Day of Atonement, they heard the sound of the bow. So they knew he was still ministering. How do we know when we are truly ministering, we're going to hear that joyful sound? Amen. We'll stop there.
I am. I do have. Uh, I haven't made enough for everybody, but I do have copies of the outlines. The outlines are going to be, uh, as far as 